Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, here as always with co-publisher Marcello Yaya. And you'll see a strange headline, eh? And this is a story Elizabeth Floyd Mayer has been working on for weeks, looking at how our different local police departments deal with people who do not speak English. Elizabeth also has the other front page story with a beautiful picture by Michael Kaw of Martha Haraz in her McCownville home displaying a banner. And if you look closely, you can see there are silhouettes of women. And it is for the upcoming march this Saturday, the Women's March in Albany. And the story is about a huddle. And this is a kind of group that all across the country formed after last year's Women's March in Washington, D.C., and our local group, of which Martha Haraz from Gilderland is a member, meets in Bethlehem, and Elizabeth wrote about that. The editorial is about, again, the need for police to be aware, and certainly in many of our communities, especially Gilderland and Bethlehem, there are more and more speakers of language other than English, and we're encouraging our readers to help those people learn English. It's good to have a common ground, and you can see here in Carol's Pugin's illustration what happens if you don't with the Tower of Babel. Of course, the workers did not speak the same language and so could not complete the tower. And we also urge police to follow some of the federal Homeland Security guidelines, among them, and that's what this quote comes from, is having police officers carry a cell phone on speed dial to a translation service where they can instantly um, get help in communicating should they run across a victim or a suspect, and it would make their work safer, too. It's It must be very frightening for police not to be able to understand what someone is saying as well. A letter from Mark Grimm on the need for revaluation in Gilderland, which the town is undertaking, and he, of course, is a county legislator representing the town. Bob Burns, who has described himself as a good friend of Coach Bob Barron, and he writes us outlining some of the points he has made before with some new ones, feeling that Coach Barron was uh, resigned under false premises. We have a series of pictures here that are wonderful, the women from the Schuyler Mansion, and a speaker will be coming out from Albany to talk about those women at the New Scotland Historical Association meeting, and apparently the Schuyler sisters are featured in the very popular Broadway musical Hamilton. Mildred Zuck has updated us on the Helderberg squad and all it's doing with special shout-outs to the three who volunteered the most this past year, or answered the most calls. Linda Miller at the Community Caregivers has some very useful practical advice for the elderly in this cold weather we've been having. Glenn Schultz from Voorheesville feels that the Hilton Barn is a money pit and the town could have spent uh, more wisely. We have a letter from Timothy Albright um, responding through a local lens to comments recently made by our president. 
Erin Weber wrote her first letter to the editor uh, when she read our story last week about Christmas land and some concerns neighbors had raised. She and her family just loved it and really enjoyed their experiences there. Superintendent Dr. Marie Wiles from the Gilderland Schools is urging district residents to fill out a survey on the budget, and she says difficult decisions may be on the horizon, and we encourage people to do the same. Betty Head of Altamont is concerned about voting reform and has some advice for people. Some great pictures by Michael Koff of Elizabeth Gary, and we feel she's a hometown girl grown to be a brilliant woman and judge. And her father, Harry Gary, is familiar to our readers, the late Harry Gary, known as the singing farmer who wrote for years a column for the Enterprise on farming. And we congratulate Judge Gary on her most recent appointment as the presiding judge in the Appellate Division 3rd Department. We have a letter from Richard Ronconi, who feels that it is wrong for a public school to have a junior ROTC program, as BKW was considering, recruiting 14- and 15-year-olds into the military. A winter scene tops the old men of the mountain, who, of course, were discussing our cold weather, <laughs> among other things. And Frank Palmieri has an intriguing column about some things that are driving him crazy. Into the news, we start with Rose Schneider's story on how Bern Knox Westerlow wouldn't have been able to apply for a particular program, being too small, but was able to form a consortium with other schools, and it's good that they're now allowed to do that, and the idea is to level the playing field. Sean Mulcairn has a new Scotland story looking at some problems with the financing of two of the water districts, and they're mapped out clearly here. Rose has a story from Burn on a new building inspector, Chance Townsend, which was upsetting for Timothy Lippert, who sounds off in this article on that. He was the former building inspector. And also, for the first time, there's some Republicans, first time in recent years, sitting on the town board, and quite a lively back and forth over the use of social media. This highlights the highway page, which Randy Bashwinger, the GOP chair, um, has used effectively for several years now. In Knox, there's a new law being discussed, and we'll have a public hearing to allowed just two absences in a year, or someone would be off the zoning or planning board. And here is Robert Gwynn, who served for 40 years on the New Scotland planning board, and we commend him for his public service. A professional engineer, he brought a great deal of technical expertise to the board over those years, and helped also with the master plan, the original one, as well as with the regional plan. We have a feature by Elizabeth on John Green, who was in my high school class, and you can hear a podcast that will be posted later today about his new book for baby boomers remembering Gilderland. He lives in Arizona now and dresses the part. Rose wrote about the town board meeting in Bern, where Dennis Palo was sworn in, a Republican, and also where the solar law was tabled amid questions that citizens raised. Here we have some lovely portraits taken by Elizabeth of the huddle, and we 
they are discussing things like gun safety and health care, single payer, and lobbying for those causes. In Rensselaerville, the town board debated the meeting minutes, and again, a bit of a transition situation where a candidate who's a watchdog but wasn't elected to the board said some of the things were inaccurate, so some of the minutes were tabled. And June Alberts is turning 80 and having an open house. Happy birthday, June. At the libraries, lots going on. At Gilderland, the Snow Sisters are going to have a special story time. And we absolutely love this picture from the Bethlehem Library by Kristen Roberts, where a dinosaur visited and was popular. People waited to see him, including a little dinosaur. Turning the page, Elizabeth has written about the various departments, and here is Jill Kaufman, an Altamont officer who speaks a smattering of a half dozen languages and uses them effectively in her job. Elizabeth also talked about the role of translators, and this is a translator that appeared in Gilderland Court to help a suspect who couldn't speak English. And Mike Goff took this picture of Jared Willard, who is a telecommunicator in Bethlehem, and he's prepared to use his phone to quickly get a translation if he needs it. Our blotters page has arrests, as usual. This is the last in the so-called hate crime ring. The district's attorney labeled it that because this ring went on after elderly people. There was some Altamont member, and we followed the ring through the judicial system. And Frank Chrysler is the last to be sentenced. He'll get 6 to 12 years in state prison. The Schoharie Valley Hay Shakers are having a square dance this Friday. Marcello and I hope to go. Um, there's going to be a community concert highlighting jazz in Hamilton. The DEC has advice for anglers on how to stay safe while ice fishing. Lots going on with the Gilderland Seniors. Free tax prep in Voorheesville through ARP Age. You don't have to be a senior to take advantage of it, but you do have to sign up for an appointment. Lots going on in the community calendar with a special exhibit at the State Museum on the centennial of women achieving the right to vote in New York. And our students go on to do spectacular things. We have graduates, awards, and achievement. Lots and lots of people on the dean's list. We commend them. Here's Beulah, our news hound, letting us know we should track the truth and we have trouble keeping up with her. But you should heed that warning. More student kudos. A very sad obituary this week. A young man, 22, from Westerlo, Ryan Britton. He had a degree in engineering from RPI and was an outdoors man. Betty Marie Moak, who her family says was an independent woman who traveled the world. And after our legal notices, we have a story by Rose. Congratulations to Burn Knox Westerlo. The agricultural program there got an $8,000 grant. And Bethlehem as well got a grant, $240,000 through the state's DEC to help with their table scrap composting, something we've editorialized in favor of. So much of our waste is in table scraps, and it can be used and made into mulch. We hope other towns follow Bethlehem's lead. <clears throat> Mike Koff was there to 
photographed the Voorheesville and BKW combined wrestling teams. Unfortunately, there were so many absences due to injuries. They did not fare well with overall score, but certainly did well individually winning matches and we commend them for their athleticism. And on our back page, we have the Burn Knox Westerlo girls basketball team having a, a very close and exciting game against Meikle Christian Academy. And we wish you all a good week.